going on guys welcome back to the kurt and bob show he's kurt i'm bob it is thursday january 19th curtis we got some a lot of stuff shaking up here in the uh in the nfl world specifically in the coach sphere don't we oh yeah it's it's been a crazy last couple days for coaching as we all know when the regular season ends that the coaching carousel begins uh surprisingly not uh, as many head coaching, but I guess not surprisingly because last year was so crazy with head coaches. But really, we have only had one head coach, one head coaching spot open so far, which is the Colts. And I'll keep racking my brain as we go here uh, to see if I I can think of anything else. But I I'm ninety nine percent sure that's the only head coach vacancy here. So. Uh, oh, and the Texans because Levy Smith was relieved, but I think we went over that previous episode. So. Got the Colts and the Texans. Any more that pop in, I'll just chime it. But yeah, we've got huge offensive coordinator news, uh, actually, which is uh, very interesting to see. We have nine teams currently looking for a new offensive coordinator, those teams being the Buccaneers, who fired Byron Leftwich today after he was a head coaching candidate last season. So it goes to show, uh, I saw a tweet earlier today, it's like, hey guys, when when you're hot and you have the opportunity to be a head coach, take it, because you don't know if it's ever going to come around again. So very true. Uh, Cardinals, oh, other head coaching vacancy, because Cliff Kingsbury bought a one-way ticket to Thailand. Uh, the Cardinals head coach, uh, just he got fired, still was getting paid his massive contract extension, 98 mil or something like that, and he bought a one-way ticket to Thailand. That is not a joke or a meme or anything like that. That actually happened, and we may never see Cliff Kingsbury again. So uh, see you later, Cliff. Uh, we got the Chargers. Justin Herbert getting his offensive coordinator fired. Hate to see it. Tua would never, you know, it's just so tough to see, so tough to see for Herbert. But, you know, it's it's fine. We'll, they'll get someone in there. That's a very highly sought-after job. Talk about an insane offense. you got a great O-line, stacked receiving core. Like, even when Mike Williams and Keenan Allen were out, you had, like, Josh Palmer and DeAndre Carter that were putting up 20 fantasy points. You know, those guys were balling out, too. So, uh, Chargers is key. We got the Colts. We got the Commanders, another great offense. People forget, like, that Commanders offense is really good overall. And, like, they are seriously a quarterback away on that offense. You got Scary Terry, our boy, Jahan Dotson. Uh, you got a great offensive line. You've got Logan Thomas as your tight end. They could draft another tight end. Like, that is that is a fun offense to go into. Um, so we've got the Jets, probably... That is, is that Zach Wilson's fault? Who knows? Are they just are like trying to rebrand? Robert Sala probably trying to save face here as well because he's getting to the end of that rookie coach uh, cycle where people stop saying, oh, he's new and start criticizing. So Sala, uh, you know, he's going to start getting a lot more criticism as we go on here. Uh, the Patriots, which they, yeah, they were a mess this year. We all know that. Uh, the Rams, with Sean McVay confirmed coming back as the head coach there. And then the Titans. So some crazy, like, D- Derrick Henry? Are you kidding? <laughs> if you're an offensive coordinator and you just get to walk into Derrick Henry, uh, you know, yes, please. Uh, thanks very much. I believe they've got some decent uh, rounded draft picks this year, too, since they didn't make the playoffs. That's the one perk of not just going into the playoffs and getting one and done. Does You do get that better spot, so... 
uh, good for the Titans there. But yeah, with that mouthful, Bob, where give me your like top top one or two, just initial thoughts with I guess just the no head coaching turnover and a lot of offensive coordinator positions open on some seemingly great teams, like notably you know Titans. Chargers, Rams, like these commanders, these are some built-up teams, Buccaneers, if Brady stays, who knows, right? Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what plays out with a lot of those teams, especially with Sean Payton being available and looking at at a head coaching position. And allegedly he's assembling this massive team of all-star offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator. Um, I don't know the names off the top. I don't know if names have been released. They, like they, yeah, they have. He was talking. I know what you're talking. He was talking shop on Cowherd about, it. and that's sorry. Other head coaching opening: Broncos, Broncos, Colts, Texans. Were <laughs> we got? But yeah, that's Sean Payton. Pan- so they Panthers. They they. I think they're going Wilkes, aren't they? They should, but we'll see. Um, I don't yeah. think they finalize a deal, but yeah, can continue with Sean Payton and and that because he is a yeah. huge target this year. Yeah, absolutely, and I mean, he could. You never know where he's gonna end up he can exactly the saints honestly but yep um yeah i think there's a lot a lot of teams are going to be interested in in seeing if they could completely revamp Uh, a team like the broncos would absolutely i think they just need a whole entire coaching staff revamp yep and so i think offensively especially yeah i think that that would be a, a good fit but um yeah i mean a lot a lot of uncertainty with a lot of these teams and um yeah i think the the sean payton thing will uh it could just be i i don't know it's the it's the domino yeah it's the domino to fall that's for sure uh because you're you know you're right every everyone is going to be after sean payton right now you know uh so, because technically, for anyone who doesn't know at home, Sean Payton is still under contract with the Saints. He just decided to take a year away from coaching because I think he was just done with the offensive side of the ball and on the Saints after losing Drew and and everything he had built to inheriting, you know, Andy Dalton, Jameis Winston, and like just just a mess. Michael Thomas still hasn't played a game in like two years. Like Saints offense, absolute car crash like just horrible um but sean payton you know that situation is really interesting because it's so so unique as well right it's not often that we see coaches get traded um some notable ones bill belichick back in 2000 he got traded to the new england patriots tough trade for the jets there uh they really lost that one i think it's fair to say um parcel you know bill parcells he got traded from the patriots to the jets in 97 and uh, highly recommend the two bills 30 for 30 on on ESPN if, if uh, ESPN plus if you guys have not watched that amazing watch uh, really cool to see uh, how they came up together and kind of branched off so very very cool there you got Gruden 2002 uh, you got Herm Edwards in 2006 like these are these are some good coaches like that have and it's very very rare that a coach gets traded but that's the position sean payton would be in here um so you're looking at like what, what would you give you're you're the broncos you have a first pick a first round pick again because they got it from miami by giving bradley chubb to the dolphins so the broncos have a first round pick if you're the broncos would you would you give a first for sean payton you think bob you think you'd take that deal i don't know if i would give a first round pick for sean payton <laughs> it's dude. tough like, 
I don't know if I can do that. That's, I mean, as much as I'm like, he's, he's, you know, he's a good coach, but like that first round pick could be a, like a generational talent. Like yeah. you never know what you can get with that. Truly. And uh, that's just tough to, I, I wouldn't do a first rounder for Sean Payton personally, unless everything else was in place. D- depending on what they would maybe if they would move back or if they would I don't know what the competition would have to be but you couldn't give up you couldn't just do a, a, a first rounder for Sean Payton and expect nobody to like bat an eye and be like yeah it was fair trade each both ways no yeah no he, it's... I mean he doesn't he doesn't play on the field it's and like that's that's hard that's to say crazy like, he's a great coaching mind and like he has an effect on the game, obviously, but he he doesn't play. But you're gonna give up a a actual NFL player, a first round caliber talent, yeah, for a guy who doesn't play. It's it's just almost inconceivable. I just yeah, yeah. It'll be interesting because you know Sean Payton, legendary coach. Saints have been amazing with him always, but you also got to think one Super Bowl, right? Um, so and that was a long time ago. Like that was 13 years ago. That Super Bowl. That was 2010, I believe, or 2010 season, 2011, the year I think. Um, but man, it's uh, it's really really interesting to to wonder because Bill Belichick. So he was traded, or the Jets got a first and a fourth for him back in 2000, and that was when Bill Belichick was just in his defensive coordinator prime, right? Like he. He was a great defensive coordinator, defensive assistant. Went to be the head coach of the Browns. It it worked, you know, it worked for the time being, and then he, you know, chose to step away from the Browns and go back to Parcells because him and uh, him and Parcells were so close. They, um, you know, they came. He went back there as a as co head coaches. That's how the whole thing started. Again, highly recommend two bills, uh, the the two bills on. For 30 for 30, it takes Bill Belichick and uh, Parcells' whole background. It's really, really cool to see all the movement there. But it is it is really interesting with Sean Payton because I don't – how much was Sean Payton and how much was Drew Brees? That's always the question people bring up, uh, especially when it comes to quarterback head coach, right? That is always a theme in the NFL is quarterback head coach. What happened when Brady left? Is it Brady or is it Belichick? What happened – when um oh my gosh just this season or what happened when when Peyton Manning left Indianapolis right absolute dumpster fire and then the Broncos become great you know so it's there's always that that push and pull with a head coach and a quarterback and I think if you put Sean Payton with Russell Wilson now you're talking but if you put Sean Payton into a rebuilding situation in Houston for example that would be really interesting to see because we've never at least it's been a long time since we've been able to see that right so Sean Payton is going to be the domino to fall he is gonna be I hope sooner than later of a decision because you know he could very well too he's liking his he's liking his tv and his media time on cowherd show he's just showing up to the studio hanging out in LA so uh, and I saw him say on the show the other day, like, oh, you know, if if they can't, the if the Saints won't get a trade done, uh, then I'll just wait another year, and then the price will be way cheaper because it's only you know whatever a year left on his contract. So there's a lot of puzzle pieces here 
uh, Sean Payton being one. And let's look at look at Nathaniel Hackett, god awful head coach for the Broncos. Uh, him and Urban Meyer are right up there, <laughs> close together. Uh, what do you think about Nathaniel Hackett going back to an offensive coordinator role? Do you think it was all Rodgers in Green Bay, or do you think Nathaniel Hackett maybe more more focused on offense only, and not the entire team could get back to that that former glory he had in Green Bay? Do you think he could be a good hire? I don't know, man. It was a it was a tough <laughs> it was it was. It was a really bad deal. <laughs> it was a tough offense. To... What was the stat? Yeah. They had to score eighteen points, and they would have won twelve of their games. And they and they didn't. They couldn't even do that. Like, oh, if they scored eighteen points in every game they played, they would have been twelve and you know four or whatever it is now with twelve and five. Um, so, geez, yeah, I don't know if you can rebound from that either. But I'm trying to think of any. I'm trying to think of candidates off the top of my head and i'm you know that's we're not getting paid to do that the gms and the head coaches are so we'll have more more news on all of that next week uh of course because we are mid playoffs here so it's there aren't too many names getting thrown around yet but uh notably the lions their offensive coordinator he was getting interview requests out the wazoo and he actually turned it down and he's just taking a raise to stay in detroit so he's staying in detroit uh, and it makes you wonder here, last last headline question I'll pose to you here, Bob. Do you, as as the Detroit Lions, you've got your head coach. Dan Campbell is that boy. Your defense figured it out in the back half of the season. I th- think you keep everyone there. You keep your offensive coordinator that made you, you know, a top 10 offense in the NFL last year. Do you take a quarterback in this draft, or do you say, let's run it back with Jared Goff? He actually had a pretty decent year but yeah what what, what do you think there because that's that is a, a crazy option the lions pick at six in this year's draft like they they really could they have the ammo to say screw it we think we're a complete enough team to trade up maybe to three or four right and grab the quarterback of their choice what do you, what do you think on on the lions future here offensively i think that the lions need a quarterback i don't know if it's in the first round um, I, I don't like Jared Goff at all. <laughs> yeah. I don't. Yeah, I fair. I don't think, I don't necessarily think that the Lions would make great strides even next season or even the next few seasons if they took a rookie quarterback in the first round. It's not like it's going to be a plug and play. They're going to take him to the, to the playoffs, the mm-hmm. promised land. Like, I mean, yeah, I would say they would probably regress this next season if they started that rookie quarterback i don't think they would i think they would they would run jared goff again yeah um or they would at least you know i don't know it's i I really don't know what would happen you wouldn't you would not plug and play a rookie quarterback in that situation with jared goff in there oh yeah done has had some deep playoff runs and yeah and statistically Uh, he was a top 10 guy this year too like in almost every category so he like it's not like he played bad but you're right i i still don't trust him or like him as a as a starter love jared the dude maybe build maybe you build the o-line up a little little bit maybe take an o-lineman i mean it's not it's not a bad squad they've got something cooking there in detroit they do they really really do i don't know they got they got some defensive guys that can play. Uh, I mean, 
Okuda. I don't know. I don't uh, know off yeah. the top of my head if he had if he had more of a rebound season. This yeah, year. he. W- I mean, he was reason you. Don't, yeah, it's because he was on and off. As far as I, I know, he was injured a couple times and then playing sometimes. Right. So I couldn't tell you either. I, like I'm sure there's a some cult Lions fans that could tell us all healthy. about it. Yeah. yeah, and then Aiden Hutchinson, I still not convinced. Boom. He was a boom this year, but but as per last year's draft, he will be a bust, as we all know. So don't worry about it. Don't worry about I'm it. Not, I'm not convinced. Not <laughs> yeah. yeah, he wasn't number one. He was only, like, top three defensive rookie. Yeah. That's just not good enough, to be honest. Just not good enough for, for us on the Curtin Vosh show team. Yeah. No, I will, I'll not, ride not, with it. Not sold on Aiden. Oh yeah, uh, it's. Uh, but yeah, so man, I'm just thinking about Aiden Hutchinson now. That's <laughs> I, 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 I on that, man. And anyways, the yeah. Lions, uh, they got they, like I said, they got a good squad. I, I don't know. I think there are other positions that you could you could that yeah. you're hurting for more than that. Like I agree. I said, off, you can never you can never have too much quality offensive linemen. Um, I mean. And you can even get – I don't even know. It just depends on – because I'm trying to think of all the offensive line talent that – Some good even, some good ones this year, I think. Some, yeah, ba- some Big but, Ten guys are coming out. But it's definitely not like – it's not like even last year, I think. Last year we had right. four offensive linemen in the top ten that all had yeah. great rookie seasons this year. So you're, you're right. It's not like cream of the crop, of course, you know. We'll be getting into that heavy. We we love draft season, so that's just around the corner. But you're right. I was I was hand up. I was getting too excited. I I think you're you're actually right. I was gonna say quarterback all the way, but you got Jared who just had a very good very good year. Uh, he clearly knows the offense. Not to mention, like this is his first year rolling with this offense right rolling with the whole squad they had they didn't even have Jamison Williams until the last four weeks of the season right so they were missing a instrumental part of their offense that you're gonna you're telling me defense is gonna have to cover Amon Ross St. Brown and Jamison Williams next year like that's that is scary so these the Lions do not you're right I was biting into the QB hype and I was just thinking about it but they need you know Get a one-two with Aiden Hutchinson. What have we talked about so many times on this podcast? Every great pass rusher has another one right beside him, right? Nobody is is the best unless you are accompanied by somebody with you that can take a little bit of the double, you know, the double and triple teams away from you, right? So it's it's going to be really interesting to see. We'll we'll get into draft talk uh, very soon. I know we're both chomping at the bit for that. It's it's always a good time. But we'll transition here to what everyone just saw this weekend, which was a amazing lineup of wildcard games. Credit to how it worked out this year. Uh, I think we can both confidently say that Seahawks-Niners was the worst game, but it still was close at halftime, right? So uh, you never know. But my question to you, Bob, to start this one off is, where were you when the Jags came back from 27-0 down? against the chargers um dang where was i what was that sun no saturday night saturday night it was saturday night yeah yeah yeah. oh i was in charlotte i was in charlotte north carolina saturday night was i wasn't even watching the game i was at top golf with some friends oh they had to have had it on there uh they did but i think it was like earlier in the night 
and then we left and got like Jenny's ice cream, and I was driving around. And I saw, you know, I saw twenty-seven nothing. Oh yeah, and I was like, oh, oh yeah, that's this yeah. game's over. And yep. I, I sat on this podcast last week and said, Chargers. I think the Chargers are, are gonna are gonna you know beat them. I think yep. Justin Herbert will be too much. And I thought it'd be a good game, but I saw that you know them getting blown out basically, and I was like, like yeah. I, that was kind of what I was not expecting, but I was like, I'm not surprised. And yep. then all of a sudden, I'm <laughs> roaring back, and I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm not even mad. I, I'm mad at the fact that I was so unbelievably wrong. <laughs> I'm not even mad that the Jags won. I was just mad that they came back. I was like, are you kidding me? I was like, I would have been somewhat right. Now I'm completely wrong. The Jags ended up coming back from down 27, and yeah, I was just yep. I was like, "You got to be kidding me!" 27 to seven at half. It was 27 to zero right before half, and I was I was out as well. I didn't catch the first. I mean, I was checking my phone and like looking at it, and I just saw Trevor Lawrence four interceptions, and I was like looking at some of the you know looking at tweets showing them all, and I was like. Something I had that feeling in my gut. I was, you know, because the Chargers were just scoring, scoring, scoring. But it's because Trevor Lawrence kept throwing picks, throwing picks, throwing picks. So it's not like the Chargers' offense was doing anything. They were just getting short fields. They were getting twenty-yard fields, right? Like they were just, hey, red zone offense, easy. Just throw it right in there, you know. Like four picks and a half, and then four touchdowns in the second half with zero picks. Like T. Law had had the lowest of lows and the highest of highs all in one night. Like that's. That's absurd. Etienne had a pretty good game too. Twenty carries for 109 yards. Like, uh, you know, it must it must have been. I don't fault you, Bob. I don't fault you because I wanted to ride with you last week. I remember, but then I said it, man. I said it. It's that Jacksonville humidity, bro. The Chargers just couldn't keep it up in the second half because they were so exhausted from that East Coast humidity. They were just ready to run back to LA, 27-0, and uh, it, yeah, they got embarrassed on embarrassed on national tv saturday night prime time like people don't even have to go to work the next day so, so you know everyone's watching that game like that's brutal like how, how how in the world and and i don't know if you saw this I, i'm hoping you didn't because i i saw it right before we hopped on here actually and, and i want to get your opinion on it um the chargers head coach uh brandon staley probably should have been the one fired i think instead of their offensive coordinator because Let's not forget Staley blew it for them right before the playoffs last year by they lost two or three games by going for it on fourth and goal at the one when it's like an easy field goal when they were up already, uh, just taking unnecessary risks. And that's why, you know, that's a big reason why they missed the playoffs. Uh, Brandon Staley in the media today, he goes, yeah, well, you know, I I, I outcoached it because the, the reporter question was, you know, do you feel like you got outcoached on Saturday? And he was like, yeah, I guess, like maybe for 30 minutes, you know, like just so bitter, the most bitter response of all time. Like we were up 27-0, like, and it's like, oh, he's getting exposed now because Staley is, was hired and is a more offensive guy than defensive. So, hey, credit to the defensive coordinator. They saw something in the Jags footage where they just knew where Trevor Lawrence was going to get the ball every single time. Asante Samuel Jr. is the one who picked him off three times on that defense. He has three interceptions and a half. That's got to be a record. Uh, so it was the most bitter little, oh, I, I got out coach for 30 minutes. So my question to you, Bob, is are football games 30 minutes long? Because I could have sworn they were 60, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Jeez. 
I don't know. Just I, brutal. I, I, like Staley. I, I do. <laughs> I do. But I don't know if it's if Herbert is making him look good because I I really do like Justin Herbert and you know Herbert's still so young. I, it could be. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it could be. I really don't. I think Staley could be one of two things. Could be Herbert's good and Staley yep. is bad, or Herbert is just really good and he's making Staley look, like look. I don't know. I, those are basically the same thing. <laughs> it's so it, hard. <laughs> Staley could be he he could be decent. Okay, he could be decent. I don't think he's. Yeah, I, I don't think he's as good as I thought he was. Yeah, he he proceeded in the interview too, saying he never felt his job was in jeopardy. So he's he might be the most confident. Uh, yeah, he might be the most confident coach with like very little reason to like. It's they have such an interesting situation. It's really hard to comment on it. You, like like you were just about to say, you don't know if it's Staley or if it's more like if it's more Staley or if it's more Herbert or maybe it's just just a little bit of both of them and they're both kind of at that ceiling right but they might be the most interesting um the the most interesting i'm trying to think of a great word for this should be playoff team that isn't a playoff team like i i don't understand now for the last two years how how they have not you know made at least a little bit of a run like that roster is stacked like that's people you know People say the Dolphins roster is stacked. Absolutely is. Absolutely is stacked. Agreed. But people don't make the same excuses for the boy Herbert as they do Tua. They're not equally judged, but that's okay. We don't have to get into that. <laughs> what the point is that the Chargers, for the last two years, you're, you're Justin Herbert. You got the best offensive lineman in the draft last year, Rashawn Slater, I, I think. He's, or two years ago. Sorry, two years ago. So you've got Mike Williams, you've got Keenan Allen, you you got those boys. You, if they're healthy, if you, they yeah, if they're healthy, DeAndre Carter, Joshua Palmer, they definitely are going to go receiver in this draft, I think, because you definitely need a more consistent guy. Definitely need a more consistent guy. But then, like, let's forget about offense for a second. That Chargers defense, they everyone always says defense wins championships, right? I don't know how that defense hasn't hasn't won like just single hand i mean they tried to single-handedly win the jags game they you know they gave the chargers short fields the offense for the chargers only put up three points in the whole second half uh and granted the defense gives up points but this is the criticism that the dolphins defense gets too which i don't think is fair to defenses when your offense just goes three and out three and out three and out three and out and the defense keeps going out there of course they're going to give up points they're running 80 yards after a long drive and then your offense goes three and out think about 80 yards the you know multiple downs all the way down to the red zone you finally get on the bench sit down and you watch you know herbert and austin eckler just just fumble around five seconds yeah exactly 45 seconds to a minute and a half and you're back out there like those guys have got you got derwin james they got melvin or they got khalil mack in this offseason They everyone forgets they got Khalil Mack and Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa both healthy for this game. Joey Bosa was very animated Saturday night. You know, not happy with the officiating. Was very brutal to the officials, uh, getting held every play. And you got to think that's as much of a that's as much frustration towards the officials I think as it is to their offense because you cannot go out <laughs> after you just put up 27 and a half and put up three the next uh the jaguars final score by the way 31 30 like that was an epic comeback of all time so unbelievable game there i don't 
you know, we hope uh, we'll hope an offensive coordinator fix that fixes that for the Chargers, right? Because maybe that is maybe that is all it was, right? They had uh, Lombardi, uh, Joe Lombardi, who is the grandson of Vince Lombardi. Fun fact: um, as their offensive coordinator, he was let go. We'll see if he pops over to another team, right? So, like so many coaches do, or if he just stays out of it altogether. But yeah, the Chargers uh, got absolutely embarrassed on Saturday night. I was happy about it. Not gonna lie. Uh, love, love to see Trevor Lawrence going to Waffle House after the game, you know, uh, great for the boys. And with that, we'll close on <laughs> Chargers Jags because we could talk about that game for an hour. It was, it, it was awesome, but we'll jump into, I'll, I'll let you start us off here, Bob. What did you think about Bills and Dolphins this week? I'll, I'll wait, I'll Dude, withhold. <laughs> that game had me, I was, I was sweating it out. For that that <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah. I mean. At first, I was like, "Oh, this is this is nothing." Seven seventeen zero start, I, I think. Driving, yeah, yeah. I was driving back from Charlotte that day, so I didn't get to watch a whole lot of it. But it was. I was like, "Oh, you know, we're up already. We're you know." I say we as uh, <laughs> your mom and the Bills are up already. Your mom. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you know, I'm I'm cheering for the Bills, whatever. And they're up. I'm like, oh, "Okay, I don't have to worry about this game." And all of a sudden, it's like. Miami was ahead at some point, wasn't it? So, yeah, it went from 17-0 to 17-16, I think, is is what what it was. The Bills quickly regained the lead after that. uh, Or no, sorry, sorry. They It was around the 20s. The Bills went down when they were in the 20s. Then they scored uh, in the third quarter and put it at 34 to, I believe... It was thirty, yeah. It was thirty-four to twenty-four. That's what it was uh, when the Bills finally regained the lead. But yeah, they were for the second and third quarter. The Bills were they were getting humbled. That's for sure. They were getting humbled. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was it was scary there for a minute, and it wasn't like Skyward Thompson was playing that good of football. To be quite honest, like yeah, yeah. If if two if two if my boy Tua's brain is intact, bro, and. And I know it will be. He'll be back. He'll be back next year. He's good. The doctors say he's good. Uh, so Dude, if 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 my if my boy Tua Tagovailoa is back, bro, you gotta be kidding me, bro. That that game might be sixty-five to twenty to thirty-four. I'll even give the Bills all the points they scored, but it just might be sixty-five because hey, Skylar Thompson, you did the absolute best you could. You you're a seventh round rookie out of kansas state that was your second start like full-time start uh, of a full week of practice so he had two full weeks of practice under his belt with the first teamers uh you know it was it was a bit brutal Uh, the receivers didn't help him either waddle and tyreek both had a couple brick hand uh moments that they were both frustrated about not to mention the run game was non-existent because they were behind like 17 to 3 immediately in that game so it was just like okay we gotta throw the ball the rest of this game because we're against josh allen so it's not like the bills are just gonna you know stop playing offense um but man shout out to the defense they got so much criticism all all year long they chewed up josh allen i i don't know if you saw the fight with him and christian wilkins that was awesome highlight of the game for me because josh allen uh, the the context is josh allen threw an interception christian wilkins the dolphins defensive tackle top defensive tackle in the league who doesn't get any recognition because he's on the dolphins uh he uh, him and josh allen have beef they they've had beef since college and 
Christian Wilkins starts legally blocking Josh Allen because once the, you know, it's a turnover, the ball is live. The defense is now allowed to block any offensive player. There's no red shirt for the, for the quarterbacks after they throw a pick or lose a fumble. So Christian Wilkins just starts blocking Josh Allen, holding his hand out. And Josh Allen just tries to go sicko mode on him. He loses his balance. He just starts throwing hands, throwing up. Like he starts going crazy on Wilkins. And then the, then the ref comes over and the ref was fine with him and Wilkins beefing. The ref was loving it. He's standing there like, man, I get front row to this. I'm going to be watching this on Twitter later tonight. And then the center, then the center and the offensive line came over to the bills and started bullying Christian Wilkins up, you know, tag team in the boy. Couldn't let Josh Allen fight his own fight because they didn't want to see him get embarrassed on on national tv you know so i understand i understand but uh yeah tough one tough one for josh i think he had two two picks oh i would love that mic'd up he's so funny he he is the funniest mic'd up person hey don't say that yeah (laughs) yeah 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 oh yeah 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 it was that with the bengals offensive lineman last year the bengals offensive lineman was cursing at him and he was like hey you can't say that right and then looks at the ref and he's like you say he's talking to me you know like christian wilkins is a is a content machine mic'd up and and on the football field like he was phenomenal my boy javon holland who i've been hyping up all year Got an interception that game. Xavier Howard, he's had a pretty rough year, but had a great interception in the in the second quarter, tracking the ball through the air better than the receiver did. Um, I couldn't be I couldn't be more proud of this defensive unit. Seven sacks against Josh Allen. You know, a guy who runs design QB runs all the time, and def- defenses everywhere get so frustrated they can't you know bring him down to get seven sacks on him, two interceptions, and a lost fumble for a touchdown. You know credit to the defense they absolutely balled out and in a playoff game no less so as we were speaking about last week i was i was regretfully thinking that it might be a blowout because of skylar thompson being in there and you know he was 18 for 45 for 220 yards a touchdown and two intercepts the interceptions were kind of ugly too but you know that it's it is what it is i'm not expecting him to go out there and be tom brady like he that's a tough situation against a divisional opponent that you know you're very familiar with and they're very familiar with with you so credit to the dolphins that's the best loss in dolphins history hands down i'm not even mad about it i was i was so happy uh at the end of that game just just scrolling through and any social media and seeing all the articles and and everything of are the bills frauds are the bills (laughs) all the bills fans freaking out over there oh my god what's josh allen doing he's just uh, i was sitting at uh i was sitting at hobnob oh yeah he he didn't he looked like a deer in headlights for most of that game or most of that second third quarter for i mean they didn't score anything in the fourth quarter, so fourth quarter too. Um, but yeah, during headlights, I was actually at uh, Hobnob at the Halcyon, like so local bar, like sports bar type deal. And I was upstairs with my uh, with my Dolphins hoodie on, Dolphins hat on, and a table of Bills fans was right beside us. And every time the Dolphins scored, I'd do a Dolphin noise. I'd go. Eh! I do that really loud in the bar and they would and they're cracking up they're like hey do that again do that again and they're, and they're giving me shit every time the bills do something good so that was an ultimate football Sunday I didn't even need to see the other two games because I, I had so much fun with that one uh but boy the bills got to get it together because who do the bills have this week we've got the we've got the Monday night football cancellation game rematch we've got the Bengals going into Buffalo here 
so let's let's just get right right into that one, and we'll cover the, the other two games here. What what do you think for Bills Bengals right off the top? It's a five point spread. Bills are actually favored. Yeah, I mean, I got the Bills. I think that's an accurate line. Bengals are going to give them trouble. Dolphins. They, I mean, they're they're a good football team. I can't even lie. I just I just cannot believe how bad Josh Allen looked. Like that was, was brutal. Just, I I just don't think that that's going to happen against the Bengals. Bengals got a good defense. I mean, if Eli Apple's playing though, I'm feeling I feel okay. Yeah, um, he's going to get absolutely toasted. Um, just like <laughs> true Eli and, Apple uh, will be the vic- victim to more social media uh, after yeah. last year's Super Bowl when he was just getting torn apart <laughs> yep he's getting absolutely um, but yeah I uh, I don't know it's gonna be it's gonna be hopefully it won't be tough to watch hopefully it'll be a weird know, a weird time slot Sunday at three o'clock it's a it's a weird yeah weird time slot really weird like i don't know the best one of the best matchups i mean it's literally the bills and the guys who were in the super bowl last year yeah what are we what are we doing yep so it's it's be and you know why it is it's because we've got the the 1980s 90s 70s rematch on sunday night at 6 30 we've got cowboys 49ers so that's the that's the pinnacle match, and you know, to be honest, if we'll we'll take a poll. A yeah, yeah, I I already I already bet it. The second the Cowboys won that game, the second the Cowboys won, I I went online and I'm like hammer, hammering that. Yep. Like, see ya, see ya, yeah, Cowboys, see ya later. Uh, we uh, with that being said, I think we can take a take a vow of absence here on the uh, Cowboys Buccaneers game uh, because yeah, like who cares that that game was so bad like so bad uh, let's just sum it up four missed extra points from yeah <laughs> and um, and still yeah, win the game four missed extra yeah. points and you still win the game by 17 that's the eight and nine buccaneers like that there's nothing the nfl can do about that you can't take away division winners from going to the playoffs but like anyone in the nfc south falcons bucks saints panthers it would have been the same damn game it would have been the same game so hey the saints falcons and panthers fans should be happy as hell at home that they get a higher draft pick because they didn't technically go to the playoffs because my god the buccaneers just got ruined they scored zero in the first half tom brady had to throw the ball 66 times they're actually they're actually yeah, they're, they're incapable of running the ball. They're, they've never ran the ball in their life. Like it's, I don't, I don't know what what happened to, to Leonard Fournette and and the and the outstanding Rashad offensive White. line. Like I, I love Rashad White and and I th- honestly think they should run him more. He had seven carries for forty one yards, so it's not like he was. It's Fournette not or Rashad? Uh, Rashad White. He had seven carries for forty one yards with a long of twelve. So we'll do we'll do the Skip Bayless stat that I that I talk about that I like. You take away the long, take away that carry. That's six rushes for twenty nine yards. Like that's not bad, but they just they don't commit to it. And this, if they're down seven zero, it, it felt like they just go into pass mode, right? Like yeah. they so they were they were just out outclassed. To be honest, like it was. It was sad to watch. The NFC South is this year's NFC East of, of 2021, like, or of 2020, yeah, one. Because the NFC Least in 2021, uh, I would, I, man, I wonder which division was, was better, the NFC Least or the NFC South just 
being bad. I don't have a cool nickname for the NFC South. There's nothing fun you can do with that. So <laughs> but boy, it's yeah, that game was brutal. Uh well let's see, Bengals Ravens. I'm honestly credit to the Ravens for keeping it close. That game was twenty four to seventeen. Bengals won. Uh Tyler Huntley and his quarterback, you know, no Lamar, but today the Ravens did, so they fired their offensive coordinator, and then they said they are committing to Lamar and say, and they say Harbaugh and the general manager that Lamar wants to end his career in Baltimore. Now we hear these political moves all the time between coaches and players, so we'll actually see what the truth is here once we get talking money because money talks, uh, political quotes don't do anything uh, as it goes for in real life and football. So. That's uh that, that's just that's just how it goes with with the Bengals and the Ravens there is it, I think it was an expected win for the Bengals but the Ravens made it really close. They played a tough game as the Ravens do. They're a great football team. Um what did you think about all these, you know, we had three. We had Seahawks 49ers, Dolphins Bills, Bengals Ravens. Divisional matchups in the playoffs. Personally, I loved it. A best of 3. Like you're telling me you get a three-game series. I was a huge fan of that. How did you how did you think it panned out? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's cool. I mean, I don't it's know. It's a nice series. Yeah. You're a baseball guy. You, you, like, a, you like a series. You like a series. I like a series, <laughs> but it's football. It's different because it's like, yeah, I don't know. I'm a, I'm a big series guy, but football's different. It's, it's a it's a one game a week basis. You That's fair. You can't elongate a season like, like a, I don't know. Yeah. Like, but no, I, I know what you. I saw a good bit of stuff online this week where it's like, now, what if it was, you know, Dolphins, Bengals, or so, you know, like mixing it up more because you do like you love to see the unique matchup, like Chargers, Jaguars. That's a that was a fun game, uh, super unique matchup, and then the game we haven't even touched yet, Giants, Vikings. Right, that was a close one, uh, ish. That was a close one, ish. We'll say the the Giants had no trouble moving the ball against the yeah. paper thin defense of the Minnesota Vikings. Uh like what would it do you think you think the Giants are are for real or do the Giants get absolutely like pile driven by the Eagles in Philadelphia Saturday night at 8:15. That is going to be a that could be a really fun game. Divisional matchup again yeah. in Philly off the bye I think week. The Giants are good. I just don't think that the Eagles can be stopped currently. I think that there's not a whole lot that that the Giants can do to stop the Eagles. That's what I'll say. I think the Eagles are are not rolling, but man, Jalen Hurts looks good. AJ Brown looks good. AJ Brown looks real good. <laughs> yeah, I mean Devonta Smith had a down year this year. That's because AJ Brown was stealing all his receptions. But True. Like, he still he can still ball. Oh, and he, he still had a couple. Yeah, he had his fair share of big games. But you're like he wasn't right. any like you know it, it was it was weird. It was like some games Devonte Smith would have one catch for 12 yards, and then next week he's got seven for 125 and two tutties, and you're just sitting there confused, like so. They just didn't use A.J. Brown this week, I guess. Like, there were no injuries. That they, they were both healthy, but the Eagles were very on and off. It'll be it'll be really interesting to see uh, those two offenses because it feels like the Giants really late in the season here now have found their stride with Danny Dimes. He had Daniel Jones himself had almost 400 yards of total offense against the Vikings. 301 passing, 
two touchdowns, and 78 rushing yards. You know, Saquon had nine rushes for 53 yards and two touchdowns. Like, they they basically gave Saquon the day off. They just threw him in the red zone, and they're like, hey, get it, get in there, Saquon. You know, let's, let's go. His long was a 28-yard uh, touchdown run as well. So Saquon really had, you know, eight carries for about 30, you know, not even 30 yards. Uh, so it was it was the Daniel Jones show uh, on on Sunday. That that was for sure. Uh, I think it's I think it was the result we expected, right? Did you have Giants in that game? Yeah, I had Giants in that game. Vikings, I thought were false prophets this entire season. Yep. So they got really lucky all year long. Kirk didn't even have a bad game. That's been a topic of discussion in the media. Is that Kirk Cousins? You know, he was thirty one for thirty nine for two seventy and two touchdowns. But on the last pass of the game, it's a four, what was it, fourth and seven or fourth and ten, something like that. Uh, Vikings have the chance to go down and, and tie it. They're close to being able to tie it here. I believe they were. I don't even remember what yard like a line. Check down or something. They, yeah, like they got pushed out like five yards short of the line. Yeah, and, and it was like the they were on the fifty yard line too. Like it wasn't even like they were in a tight. It's not like they were tight in the red zone or anything. Like the Vikings were on the fifty yard line driving the ball. Minute minute twelve left. You can tie the game with a drive here. Uh, you had what? It probably. Let me see. I got the drive summary up in front of me here. So you had a incomplete pass on first down, a Dalvin Cook run for two min or for two yards on second down, another incomplete pass on third. So you're sitting at fourth and eight, and then you just just Kirk Cousins just immediate like it was it was almost like they drew it up that way too because it was an immediate decision for Kirk Cousins. It's like he didn't even go through his reads. Like he. He was convinced TJ Hawkinson was going to be wide open on the out route, and he just throws it right to him. The corner just tackles him. Just, I mean, routine tackle. There was nothing to it. It's like they gave up almost. Yeah. They just threw the ball for two, two, three yards uh, on fourth and eight. Like, where's where's your four receiver set with guys flying downfield? With, let's not forget, too, their head coach is the Rams' offensive coordinator from last season. So. It's not like we got an inexperienced uh, an inexperienced offense here. Like this, this is an offense with a ton of weapons. A coach who has been in this situation and won a Super Bowl in you know uh, won a Super Bowl with Sean McVay just last year. Uh, so it was really, I think it was a great end to the Vikings season. That that was their season summed up. It was just like yeah. what is like wait uh, what what just happened like that's it yeah. that that's you know. You had, the, you had Jags Chargers where the Jags are going for two when they could tie the game at 20, what, what was it, 30 to 30. I think they could have tied it, or 20. Here's what it was. I watched the fourth last five minutes of the fourth quarter there. Chargers were up 30. So, so they were up 30 to 20. The Jags go down and score. Doug Peterson just pulls his pants down right in front of the Chargers bench and says, hey, we're going for two. And the Chargers just get absolutely run over. Uh, it's a two point conversion. So the Jags got 28 to 30 and the defense did exactly what they should have. They three and outed Herbert again, uh, on that fourth down Herbert and Eckler, both, you know, they both looked equally as bad in the second half. Uh, and you know, they, they came out and 
Stop, stop the Chargers. Jags go down the field. Mosey on down. There was a fourth and one where, oh, I got to send you this play, play if you hadn't seen it. It was a fourth and one, and they ran like a T formation, you know, where it's quarterback and three running backs lined up in like horizontally right behind him. Yeah. And they do it to ETN, and he goes across the formation, goes down the sideline for like 28 yards. Game was over at that point. Like you could tell the Chargers just, just that was it. That was a killing blow. Um, but it was, you know, you had such a, you have games that end like that, and then you have this Vikings game where it's incomplete, 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 or incomplete, yeah, whatever it is, and then two-yard pass, like, they're not even trying. So it was really weird, but it makes sense. Uh, you you wonder, do you think – I'll ask you this about the NFC here. Do you think Detroit and Green Bay would have put up a better fight against the Giants, or do you think they would have equally gotten gotten rolled? I think Detroit would have put up a better fight. I don't think Green Bay would have. Um, I had faith in Detroit this season. Yeah, agreed. Uh, probably not as Detroit did beat the Giants in the regular season too, like by yeah, it's just fifteen or so. I don't know. Danny Dimes had been he's been kind of he was kind of going off recently. Oh yeah, he's hot right now. He is the hottest, yeah. probably arguably the hottest court. No, Purdy, Purdy, and then Danny Dimes. Oh, I would say geez, like yeah. Purdy is yeah. freaking. He's hotter than a two pistol. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Yeah, but but yeah, I just I don't know. I I think that you can't you can't really either of those teams. I think any of these teams go up against the Giants and lose. Yep. Um, fair with the way that they've been playing. So fair. Yeah, the, the scary teams no, are the ones who get hot at the end of the season, right? Like that's... Yeah. This this is off topic. This slipped my mind. Okay. But what? This is this is about your dolphins. Okay. Okay. What do we think about the Mike McDaniel's vaping, allegedly vaping on the sideline? Is that is that a real thing, or what do you think? Listen, listen, listen. <laughs> so, shout out to the Kelsey brothers. I saw this on their podcast. They both definitely believe he was ripping the vape on the sideline. And then I've had other people say that perhaps he was ripping a dab pen because he was taking a long time to get the play calls in. Uh, and may- maybe that's maybe that's why they were late. Um, regardless, I would say no comment, but I'm going to comment because it's hilarious. Uh, he could rip two vapes if he wanted to. Uh, what he's done with that offense this year compared to what I've had to watch my whole life. So yes, I think it was a vape. I don't think it was a dab. Do coaches get drug tested in the NFL too, or is it just the players? I'd imagine it had to be the coaches too. Like. Then again, shout out to Dolphins knowledge buried in my brain that I don't remember until I start thinking about it again. Back in like 2014, I think, it was when Joe Philbin was the head coach for the Dolphins. Um, this It was the Dolphins offensive line coach. Uh, <laughs> he um, A video leaked of him sending a video to a worker in the arena of Loving uh of him doing cocaine lines in his office (laughs) it was uh it's chris chris forrester is is who it was uh he he was he was a head you know he was an offensive line coach and uh you know he was good but yeah he got he got leaked doing that so maybe coaches don't get drug tested maybe maybe they uh they don't have that same restriction and and maybe mike mcdaniel was you know Hitting a Snoop Dogg up there in Buffalo, trying to stay warm, right? So, uh, all all the power to him. Um, if it was a vape, hilarious. Uh, 
if it was a dab pen, hilarious. Uh, like I said, I'm very happy about that game, and you you were right to bring that up. I I had to face that. I I did have to face that. And <laughs> Completely slipped my mind. We did the whole entire Dolphins Bills game. It didn't even get brought up. There was too much to talk about. So. Oh yeah, it's no. That was that was really funny. I didn't even see the clip. I like I didn't even notice, and I was watching, uh, watching the game. Like I said, at at, at a sports bar uh, with with the boys, and didn't even notice. I was glued to that TV. But uh, then I saw the clip after, and I was like, uh, he definitely looks like a guy who's in public trying to hide that he's vaping, and that could be it. You never know. The the sleeve vape, you know, high schoolers every across the country, I'm sure, uh, know about that move. So, uh, it was, it was really, really funny though. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll take it. I'll, I'll take it as a learning experience for Mike to, to just, just hit in the locker room, hit it at halftime, get your buzz and then get out there and start coaching because they had many delay of games in that fourth quarter. I think the pressure and the substance may have impaired his ability to call the game but i'll uh, i'll leave that to him and the gm to discuss so <laughs> <We're>, <laughs> let's hop into this week's slate of wild card games because <laughs> uh, yeah because mike is staying mike is here to stay mike mcdaniel is here to stay so hit whatever you want brother i love you uh so here we go uh we got First things first, 4.30 Saturday. I don't know what you're doing, but I hope you're watching this game because we got Jags Chiefs. We got Cinderella versus, uh, I don't even know what to call it. Like, I mean, it's the Chiefs at home in Arrowhead against Kelsey, you know, Kelsey. So it's the best tight end and the best quarterback in the league against the Jags who are on like kind of a Cinderella story high. Let's not forget the last time Doug Peterson was involved in a Cinderella story Nick Foles and Doug Peterson won a Super Bowl. So this is not unfamiliar territory to Doug Peterson uh, coaching for the Jags here. Do you think they can keep this Cinderella story alive, or do you think that eight-and-a-half-point spread should be like a 20-point spread and the Chiefs just roll here? I don't think the Chiefs roll because last time I said – I didn't say that the Chargers were going to roll over. Yeah, yeah, you just picked it. But, yeah, no, you knew it would be close. I, you said I, that. I don't think the Chiefs can – I don't know, man. It's just just too too young. Just one of those situations where fine. it's where it's the too line young. Is fine. I still hit the over. Um, for True, sure. fifty-two and a half. But I think they said it's the highest over in wild card history. Uh, it's fifty-two and a half this this weekend. So yeah. that'll yeah. I I think I agree with you. I believe in Doug Peterson in the in the comeback story. I love Trevor Lawrence. He I drafted him as rookie year in fantasy absolutely did nothing but that was urban meyer's fault uh urban meyer screw you you ruined my fantasy season yeah oh me me too hand up i was i was not a massive fan of doug well no not not i wouldn't say fan but i was definitely critical of him just bouncing from coaching after winning a sewer i thought that was just a real you know it'd be the same if if mcveigh left like i'd feel the same way like you don't win a super bowl and then just say like peace guys like that's lame like get it get involved and the fact here's what bothered me about doug peterson i'll air out my grievances here because then i'm gonna forgive him right after my grievance with him was coach win a super bowl uh and then write a book about it and then like retire like ghost retire you don't you don't get to write a book just because you won a Super Bowl. Like it was awesome and it was a cool underdog story, but man, 
coaches win a Super Bowl every year and they're not popping out books. So I thought it was just a big head move, an arrogant move. But I'm here to tell you, Dougie P, I forgive you. You're leading these Jaguars. I love to see the Jags being relevant, just like I love to see the Lions being relevant because for our whole lives, Bob, these have been poverty franchises. And to see them finally turning the corner is just awesome to see. Yes, the Jags had that playoff run in like 2017. That was awesome. Uh, but that was you could you knew that was a one and done team because all the players they had on there all became, you know, free agents that got huge deals the next season. So like you, you knew that was going to be a one and done team. It wasn't any dynasty. Uh, but boy oh boy, those Jags they're they're fun, but I I agree with you the Chiefs are they're just too Mahomes and Kelsey don't even need a playbook anymore. You know what I mean? Like they could just go out there and and play football and probably probably beat up the Jags defense. They are just they're connected together, Mahomes and Kelsey. So it's it's going to be interesting to see how the Jags D plays because we got a lot of our some of our favorite rookies on that defense. We got Trayvon Walker and Devin Lloyd. We we got our boys on that defense. So uh, we'll. We'll definitely see. We'll see about the Chiefs here. They should roll. What do you think about the eight and a half? Would you take that or would you take the plus plus eight and a half there, underdog? That's a it's a brutal spread. Vegas is really screwing with our minds with that one. <laughs> I think the Chiefs. I think they cover. You think they cover like a ten point game? Yeah. You think? Yeah. 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 I don't think the Jags. Yeah. Hey, we'll find out two two more sleeps until we get to see. I'm I'm definitely watching that game. Uh on I'm probably watching all four of these games very close now that we're at this point in the season, right? We got eight teams left. These are all high stakes, you know, great games. Uh and then we'll go into Saturday night here. We talked about it a bit already, so I'll give you the line and and see what you think. Do you think the Giants can cover seven and a half in Philly? That half. They always get you with the half. One way or another, they get you. I mean, you can't give a seven line. Like, I know. It's so brutal. It's so brutal. It's, it's like... Uh, no, I don't think... I don't think... I think that... I think Eagles cover that. I think... I don't know, man. Man, that could. I don't know. The Giants. The, the, the way that the Giants have been playing. Here, here's what I'll, here's what I'll give you. I'll, I'll give you an age old question. Does the bye week actually <clears throat> actually help the team or hurt the team, especially when you've got a team who is hot and on a roll coming into town? Do you think that bye week could hurt the Eagles a little bit? What's your opinion on that on that argument? That's an age old one. I think it would hurt them, but I think that. Because Jalen hurts that whole situation, mm-hmm. I think it could have helped them actually. So I Fair. think that I think he got a little bit of rest and oh, know, you're right because the shoulder. You're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah. The whole injury thing. I think he, um, I think he was able to get some rest and, and kind of heal up, and uh, I think it helped them in the long run. This is a, that's that's a specific situation. Yeah. Now, if you're playing, if yeah, I think the late the late bye weeks are kind of. I think it's perfect for the Super Bowl. I love that both teams get a bye before the Super Bowl because that nine times out of ten ends up being great football and like really well rehearsed and researched football, right? But yeah. you're, you're right. I think sometimes teams get punched in the mouth a bit with that bye week. You saw it happen as recently to the Titans last year. They got absolutely punched in the mouth uh, by by the Bengals there. 
uh, being being the one seed coming off and having to play the Bengals, who were coming in pretty hot as well. Remember, the Bengals yeah. started the season bad last year and and really got on a roll. So I, I'm wondering if this will be a eerily similar situation to that Giants, game. I'm going to say the Giants lose, but not they they cover that. I'll take it. I'll take it with you. I'll take the plus seven and a half with you. I like that for the Giants. It's 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 a divisional game. It's not gonna be. It's not. I don't think it'll be a blowout. Granted, yeah. the Giants did get blown out by the Eagles earlier in the season, but then last week of the season, the Giants almost beat the Eagles with backups in. So it's it's really and Jalen Hurts played that game. Every, everyone kind of writes that off like, oh, the Eagles had backups. It's like no, no, the Eagles were trying to win that game because they needed to win it to secure the one seed. Because um, if they lost and the Cowboys won, the Cowboys would have gotten it. So uh, that was actually. A scary game for for the Eagles, and they didn't even have to play Saquon or Daniel Jones. Uh, so that'll be fun. That'll that'll be a fun game for sure. I'm looking forward to that one. Uh, Sunday, 3 p.m. As we talked about, we got Bengals Bills. That's that's you're riding Bills on that one, five and a half. Yeah, I got those. I'm gonna, I'm gonna fade you on that one. I'll fade you on that one. I gotta go Bengals plus five and a half. I almost want to take Bengals outright going into yeah. going into Orchard Park though. That's pretty. That's gonna be fun. That especially after the result of their their last game with with the Demar Hamlin situation and the game yeah. getting can't you know that's that's got a, that game's got a lot of emotion and a lot of hungry you know fans co- coaches like if you're if you play the game of football, you are making time out of your day to uh, watch this 3 p.m. game, even if you're not, you know, if you're not in the hunt anymore. So that's that. And, you know, then we got our we got our boys, the Cowboys and the 49ers. I think we we're both in agreement there. 49ers by 100. 200? Yeah. <laughs> At I'm home for San Francisco, too. Ooh. San Fran, what are they favored by? Only four, bro. Only, only four. Like, people are riding the Cowboys. But, but it did open at three and a half, so it slowly cut. Like, I got it at three and a half. I absolutely hammered it uh, because I'm like, you got to be kidding me, bro. The 49ers are the 49ers. Even with Brock Purdy, it's like, oh, Dude, I'm sorry. Trey Lance and Jimmy G don't have a job next year. You need to figure it out. Like, you got to – Trey Lance might get traded for like a first or a second or a third or something like that. Like you, you cannot take Brock, dude, Brock Purdy, unless he goes into this game and is like 10 for 40 with four interceptions and two fumble losses. Brock Purdy is the hottest quarterback in the NFL right now in terms of skill. All right. Easy at home. Pause. I'll, I'll say pause just for that. But like it's, it's unbelievable. Last week against the Seahawks, div- division rival, good defense. Brock Purdy's eighteen for thirty, three thirty-two and three touchdowns. Granted, I'm gonna, I'll take one, I'll take, I'm gonna take forty yards away from him and uh, give it to Debo as a rushing touchdown because Debo did like take a little eight-yard dinky curl route just to the house out of nowhere. Uh, Seventy-four yards, actually. Wow, I thought it was shorter than that. Yeah, so. So credit to Debo, he did he did help him out there, but he's he's doing what rookies always struggle with, right? Or, or he's not doing what rookies always struggle with. That being, he doesn't he's not making mistakes. Like he's he's playing really clean, smart football, 
it's really really fun to watch it's gotten to the point where like when he came in very first time against the dolphins and i was like no way we're getting cut up by a third string quarterback right now and then now it's like damn the dolphins got unlucky that they had to put this third string quarterback in because if jimmy g was in there i guarantee you the dolphins win that game (laughs) because purdy is he's had a nice run of games here i I wonder, do you think there's a little overhype with Purdy here? Do you, like, is it possible? Because their last, I'll read you their last five five games and then the playoff game here, right? So they had, they beat the Dolphins. Uh, Purdy came in in the first quarter. They beat the Buccaneers 35-7. to They beat the Seahawks. They beat the Commanders. They beat the Raiders. And then they beat the Cardinals. It's, those aren't, let, it's still the NFL, so any given Sunday. But those aren't juggernauts, right? Uh, and then you beat the sea, you smoke the Seahawks in the playoffs, to be honest. Um, is there potential for a bit of a letdown here? Do you think the Purdy mania could die down a bit with this game? Or, or do you think it is for real? Like, I think they just have too many weapons for him. Like, Debo, McCaffrey, and Kittle, that's absurd. Yeah. I just like the confidence of the 49ers in the defense. And I like, yeah. I like everything they got going for them. And you know bosa being like you know we got our quarterback you know we we got a quarterback now you know yeah after he had that phenomenal first game um what do you do with shanahan here let's say the 49er let's let's say just for for prospect case here the 49ers lose this game 40 to 38 something like that uh brock purdy throws you know an interception has three touchdowns 300 yards but you know maybe chokes the last drive what do you do as kyle shanahan coming into next off season where jimmy g will be gone for sure he he will for He's sure be gone um yeah you you got brock purdy and trey lance who trey lance we i mean all fairness to trey lance we didn't really get to see any of him like we he got injured in that fir- very first week right uh against the bears i'm like 99 percent sure it was week one yeah, it was the first week it was like yeah jimmy was in week two yep i'm looking at it right so yeah it was yeah it was he he did have an interception he was 13 for 28 160 yards and an interception so i think he got injured had 50 yards rushing too yeah so it sounds like he like maybe second half but yeah but you know that's you think about what they what they gave to the dolphins and bless the 49ers for doing this they gave the miami dolphins three years ago an absolute ransom for trey lance right um or three years ago oh my gosh not even that was he was drafted 21 i think right yeah so two years ago but really just a season and and a bit ago season and a half ago uh but you know you gave up a ransom for trey lance to trade up to that dolphins number three spot take your guy took him over justin fields and mac jones notably and can you just tell him hey you're our backup now like because you you know you you and i both know we're getting the coach talk you and i both know we're getting coach talk oh it's a competition in training camp it's a competition in training camp i think that is total bs uh I just don't know how. Imagine if Purdy won the Super Bowl too. But let's go with let's go with my hypothetical. Let's say Purdy loses this game against the Cowboys, still has a good game performance wise. What do you do as Shanahan Week One next year? Let's pretend training camp uh, gets canceled because players hold out, and you just have to start one of them Week One. I'm going Purdy just based off of what yeah. we've seen. I just don't see how you can start Trey Lance if you have 
Brock Purdy, who is, I mean, he didn't take his team to the playoffs, but he certainly helped them at, at toward this. Yeah, and and Jimmy G I mean, had some bad games even with the stacked roster, right? Like Jimmy G was still struggled a couple times, and Brock Purdy has Brock Purdy has yet to struggle. So that's yeah. and that that's what could either a be working against him or b will prepare him for a Super Bowl win in a sophomore slump. So that they could move the football. And yeah, like give Jimmy G like yeah, I don't know the I'm Niners powerhouse with yeah. That 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 is going to be all people talk about in July. That's for sure. Uh, July, it's going to be Trey Lance or Brock Purdy because, and then what do you do with Trey Lance? Because I don't personally think you can tell a second year quarterback that you paid him so much money. You paid him a signing bonus. Yeah, you you, you a, gave him a top three pick worth of you gave him a top three pick or a top three pick worth of money, and you've got this guy who was, and this isn't us calling him, but Mr. Irrelevant. Like, he was the yep. very last pick in the seventh round uh, of the 2022 NFL draft. So Trey Lance is actually a year, you know, came in a year before him. At, but, you know, Trey Lance already sat behind Jimmy G for a season, right? And now now you're going to, you know, Kyle Shannon's got to sit him down and say, hey, buddy, uh, remember – when you got injured in week one last year, you know, totally not your fault. Uh, we were excited for you at season start, but uh, we can't bench Brock Purdy. Like, we cannot. Uh, it's it's such a tough scenario because then you run into this situation. If Purdy has one bad game, like, the coaches are always itching to just, okay, let's put the other guy in. Put the other, see what he's got. See what the other guy's got, right? Yeah. So that could get messy. What would you – where would you trade and what would you trade for Trey Lance if you could like would you as here let's put it even easier Falcons Falcons say call up the 49ers I'd rather have Desmond Ritter dude no way no way I don't Trey Lance I don't I thought it was a bad draft yeah I did too FCS football I just can't trust it now realistically if we were to give up like if we were going to do like a one for one I would get. I would. I would trade Desmond Ritter. I would do a one for one. Now they wouldn't do that. They wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. But okay. Yeah. So you're not in like, love with Desmond Ritter, but you don't like no. Trey Trey Lance enough to give up anything worth value. Oh, no. yeah. I've seen enough of Desmond Ritter to know that. To know his ceiling. He can play a little bit. I saw. I saw enough against Tampa Bay. <laughs> that the yeah. last game of the season, where I was like, okay, dude can. Dude can throw. Granted, it was Tampa Bay. And well, backups, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. He still played pretty well. Uh, he did. But I just – I don't like Trey Lance. I think he – I think Desmond Ritter is like a knockoff Trey Lance, and I just would rather fair. have knockoff and not – Not very very fair. The massive price tag. What about Trey Lance to New York? New York, hey, there. Zach Wilson clearly isn't working out. Yeah. Oh gosh, dude! I dude, imagine know. if they imagine if they had Trey Lance and uh, and Zach Wilson on the roster together, because the, they were number two and number three in the same draft class. That would be hilarious if that happened. Yeah, that'd be wild. Remember this yeah, episode. His time has got to, it's it's going to be it's, it's over. Be done Zach Wilson had a really cringe qu- quick shout out to the Jets because they're a poverty franchise and I hate talking about them. But but quick shout out uh, because I love making fun of them. 
uh, Zach Wilson got asked the question in the media. When I first saw this quote, I thought it was a joke. I thought it was a meme account, I, I, but I was looking at PFF. I was looking at PFF on Twitter. I'm like, there's no way this happened. And I, I, yeah. go, I go to like, I Google it. I'm like, Zach Wilson interview. Dude, 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 dude. This kid, bro, he's got to be – his head's in the clouds, bro. Zach Wilson is just yeah. living in happy land. Like he got yeah. benched and still bought his whole offensive lineman presence. Very nice move, very chill move. But like I don't think the business part of the NFL has hit him yet because the the reporter asks him, they say, hey, Zach Wilson, what if we bring in a – uh, or what if the Jets brought in a veteran quarterback ready to compete? We'll use Derek Carr as an example. That's obviously the easiest one. Uh, what if what if you what if we bring in Derek Carr uh, to the Jets next season? Zach Wilson goes, "I'm gonna make his life hell." Huh, dude? What? Oh my God, bro! What has every other quarterback said? I love my guys in the quarterback room. The quarterback room works together. The backup plays an important role in preparing. You know, you've heard that speech over and over and over. And you got you got little BYU boy who got a little publicity because of you know him and a friend's mom. You know, we won't go into it. Uh, but you're telling me you're telling me Pipsqueak over here getting benched, throwing picks left and right, fumbling and dumbling around, overthrowing screen passes. This guy is the one who. Who he could have just said, you know, all respect to whoever cut. He says, "I'm gonna make his life hell." No, you're not, bro. No, you're absolutely not. You're not gonna make his life hell. You're gonna be a teammate, or you're gonna be cut because you suck, bro. You like just, just wild. Could you imagine what, what would which, what would you have said if if like Desmond Ritter on a draft night? Oh, the Falcons have Mariota. How, what do you think about that? I'm gonna make his life hell. It's like. Uh, I would want him. Uh, <laughs> it's I mean, like, like okay, he got that dog in him. Yeah, yeah. I was like, what are we doing? Yeah, I would have liked him even less. No, I the corner on him like the day after we drafted him because I was like, I gotta have a decent attitude about this. Yeah, it, it's just it blows my mind. You can't, you can't get benched, come back, and then get benched again. Because you're just that awful where they're like, we have to go with Joe Flacco here. That's right, everyone. That's right, everyone sitting at home. Joe Flacco still plays football in the NFL. You're not dreaming. It's not 2014 again. Joe Flacco is still playing football. Uh, he's in that quarterback room. And uh, dude, and Zach Wilson, like, dude, come on. You, you got to, like, airhead, bro. That's all I got to say. That's my final. That's my closing comments on Zach Wilson. I'm just roasting him at this point, so I'm just going to say closing comments, airhead. That's that's all I got on Zach attack there. But <laughs> it just boggles my mind. Like how how can you say that after getting benched? Like what what in what in the world? I'm trying to think of like a better scenario because draft night yeah everyone would just be like oh he's got that dog in him you know like you like you just said you're absolutely right that would be the narrative i'm trying to think of like who's another bad backup quarterback that we've had over there josh rosen josh rosen he's been on seven different teams josh rosen seven different teams on draft night josh rosen got drafted what ninth or eighth and he said the eight teams in in front of this pick just made the worst mistake of their franchise's career you know so like they should have drafted me Uh, and then he's been on seven different teams, practice squads, asterisk, not the team. Um, it, like, 
imagine if if he finally gets a second chance or he's just a backup on a roster and he said that like he would get ripped apart bro but just because zach wilson's got got the mom got got the mom thing going for him uh everyone just kind of glossed over that he said that it's like what what are we doing here guys what (laughs) it's just crazy oh fun well we got a great we got a great wild card weekend coming up and bob let's end with a classic and with a nice classic this or that here i'll uh you want to do the honors or you want me to go first here you go ahead all right uh, i hope you don't take all right i i don't think i will so we're bringing back this or that if you don't remember just listen and you'll get it uh okay so here's here's this is great you're the you're the GM slash head head coach of a franchise. Who would you want as your head coach quarterback combo? Would you want Jalen Hurts and Sean Payton, or Joe Burrow and Mike McDaniel? <laughs> oh my gosh! I'm gonna say Joe Burrow and Mike McDaniel. I love Mike McDaniel. Agreed. I really do. Agreed. I really do. <laughs> Joe Burrow a dog. Mike McDaniel, a dog. I think Jalen Hurts works in that system. I think – I mean, I think Jalen Hurts would work in a lot of different systems. But and AJ Sean Brown Payton's, really yeah. Kind of took him to that next level. Um, yeah, but I'm taking the Joe Burrow. I'm, I mean, Joe Burrow literally is digging the Bengals out of trenches. Yeah. yeah. Um, hey, man, Mike, together, dude. Oh. And that could have happened if Brian Flores didn't win five games at the end of the 2019 season, asshole. But whatever, whatever. <laughs> I love I love my boy Tua Tagovailoa. I love Tua. I love him. Yeah. But Joey B, he, he that he that MF boy, that's yeah. for sure. All right, hit me with it. Let me see <laughs> what he got. So, so mine, I'm, I'm I went old school. Oh, I love it. So, mine's like an actual, mine's an actual scenario. Okay, mine's yeah, like a, two. Okay, coach quarterback who did play together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, okay, my first one. I may change my second one. First one got it locked and loaded is Mike Tomlin and Ben Roethlisberger. Oh baby, I love Mike Tomlin. Oh so baby, much. like oh. Hey, give me Mike Tomlin and a seventeen-year-old who just got out of prison, and I'll take Mike Tomlin and the seventeen-year-old for like he knows how to coach. If anyone knows how to coach, it's Mike Tomlin. Yeah, and then I don't know. I'll go. I'll go with a more. I'll do a more modern direction. Um, uh, I'll do McCarthy and Rodgers. Damn. Because Rodgers was really good there for a long time. Yeah, he was. Why did McCarthy even... Like, did he get they were, fired? They were or... Yeah... yeah. They were buns there for a little bit, and the, I don't really. But you're talking that. prime season, like you're talking, you're talking 2000, what 12 Packers, like Rogers and McCarthy, and like, like I, I know what you're getting at, like Super Bowl Rogers McCarthy or Super Bowl Ben and Tomlin. Basically, yeah, yeah. Damn. Oh, that's so hard because. Oh man. Like on one hand, you got. Tomlin, who I feel like see that's coach. that's what I'm stuck at is I would take Tomlin and Rogers, <laughs> but, but, and I sure as hell wouldn't take McCarthy and Roethlisberger. But yeah. um, damn, I got I got a 
I gotta show I gotta show love where it's due because I did hate I did hate on the boy when he came back, but he's I mean, granted, he's got a loaded loaded roster. But what coach has ever done anything with a bad roster? Uh, I'll take McCarthy and Rodgers here because because wow. I I do love the boy Aaron Rodgers. He is so criticized for just like. He basic he talks to the media like he talks to teammates. You know what I mean? Like 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 quarter quarterbacks. Everyone thinks like you know. I'm sure Tua's out there. Tua and Tyreek are probably like Tyreek. What the f- you running the wrong route? My God. like yelling at each other. Then on the media, it's 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 all love, right? Rogers is like, yo, these rookies suck. And in practice, Rogers is like, yo, these rookies suck. Like, <laughs> and and it took Rogers flaming these rookies. Like Rogers pulled a Drew Brees. He turned a nothing wide receiver room into firing on all cylinders at the second half of the season. He just had a bad, he did have a bad game against the lions, but if we're talking prime, like I'm just thinking about, I actually watched that the super bowl again, this spring, like it was NFL during, you know, the off season just has nothing to play. So they just rerun old super bowl games. Um, and I watched like that Packers Steelers super bowl. That's what it was too. Packers Steelers. Like, so they were, they were head to head and, I'm going to go with Rodgers because I just, I have so many fond memories. I wasn't even a Packers fan, but, uh, you know, so many fond memories of him, James Jones, Jordy Nelson, Donald Driver. Like, that was a sweet ass Packers team. That, that team was sweet. Uh, I would maybe, damn, that's a good idea for a podcast this offseason is our favorite Super Bowl teams and, and why or something like that. would be a good idea, but I, I'm trying to, th- I won't make that statement. I'll wait for that episode. But yeah, I've, I I got to go Rodgers and McCarthy specifically for Aaron Rodgers. I Mike Mike McCarthy can coach Ben Roethlisberger. I you know, hey, he'll play he'll play Tom through injuries. Just that's Tom fair. Man, like to be quite honest, hey, that's 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 fair. Tomlin. I I love it. Trust me, if that was if that was Tomlin and Rodgers, there'd be there Brady would only have one Super Bowl. Brady would have one Super Bowl if that was the combo because Tomlin and Rodgers would have the other nine. Like he like if that would have happened in real life, and couldn't it couldn't it have? Weren't they the same draft class? Oh yeah, man, I don't remember. Let me see, Rogers. That's way way back one. Roethlisberger draft. Yeah, they are Thanks. old now. Let's see. Yeah, let's see. Okay, no, uh, that was that was Eli, Eli and Roethlisberger. And Philip Rivers, right? Yeah, yeah, because there was the drama where Eli said he what? Remember, Eli said he wasn't playing for the Chargers, right. and then yeah. uh, and then the Giants traded. Yeah, so okay, so that was that. And I don't think Rogers was in that draft class. Let me see, Rogers draft class. That was okay. He was the year after, so they were close. Yeah. Man, if that would have happened, we'd be that'd be crazy. <laughs> Maybe Rodgers would have got Antonio Brown on some ayahuasca and, like, chilled him out. You know what I mean? Like, who, who knows all the possibilities if Aaron Rodgers went to the oh, Steelers? Geez. That would have been crazy. That would have been nuts. What could have been? What could have been, indeed. Yeah. Well, well, we'll call... We'll be back with yeah. the, with the uh, old... Uh, this or that so love to see this or that back we, we love to see it we got a great we got two sleeps till an awesome wild card weekend i'm gonna do my absolute best to watch every one of these games and if i don't i'll just watch the highlights the next day but i should what do i have i don't think i have anything going on so 
yeah, we're going to try to force these games in because these are eight really fun teams that are left. And, hey, next week we're going to be having a podcast on the conference championship already. Like this this season has flown by. It's been an amazing season. We missed you guys for half of it, but we're back now. We're on it. And we will catch you guys next week for that conference championship and, and divisional round matchup. So we'll see everyone then. Yep.